We'll be in John chapter 11 today, the story of Lazarus's death and resurrection. And, and I know uh, this is a very popular uh, passage for, for funerals. And uh, while it's totally, totally appropriate for that, um, it's a message we need to hear way more than that. Uh, it's a message for all time. And so uh, we'll be in John chapter 11 um, today. I'll read uh, verses 1 through 6, and then we'll journey through the rest together. But will you stand with me as we read verses 1 through 6? Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the, uh, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard, heard it, he said, This illness does not uh, lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for you. I thank you for this word, Lord. And, and I just pray that you would uh, just make it meaningful and impactful to our lives here and now and, and as we leave this place, Lord. Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life. And Father, help us to understand that uh, more and more every day. Um, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, uh, the opening, in verses 1 through 11, really sets the, the stage for this entire uh, 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 story. And, and uh, it's a bit humorous at, at, at parts, uh, but it, it reveals to us just the heart and the nature of Jesus. And uh, uh, maybe you have a favorite story that you like, a, a classic like uh, Pride and Prejudice. And, and uh, it doesn't matter how many times you read it or, or see the, your favorite version of the movie, because there's like a million versions of it. Um, and you just love it every time, the, the whole build-up and the, the reveal and, and finally uh, the, the big moment where, where everything works out. And, or, or, or like me, The Princess Bride, you know, uh, that's my favorite movie, totally different. But uh, it doesn't matter how many times you see it, you, you love it every time. And, and this is one of those stories, this uh, story is, is powerful, and in it we see the fullness uh, of Jesus through all of it. I've kind of divided the sections into Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, but really it's Jesus. Jesus is the hero of the story. Jesus is through all of it. Uh, all of his deity and his humanity, we see all of it. And it's powerful, and, and I, I hope that I can convey some of some of that to us. Um, uh, I, uh, I've been praying for several weeks now. I've, I've known I've had this opportunity to, to preach, and, and uh, I've been praying. Uh, I, w- I was studying uh, this chapter uh, with a friend, uh, and uh, I just knew this is what God wanted, wanted me to deliver. And, and I'm like, everyone's heard this like a million times, uh, Lord. And, and so I was just praying that he would make it meaningful and impactful in my life. And that I could, could pass that on. And um, I, I don't know about passing it on, but boy, can God deliver. And, and I, I feel confident he will. 
Um, but uh, as, as we look at this, uh, we, we, we get some hints. And, and John loves uh, picking up on Jesus' double meanings. And, and, uh, and so in verse 4, we kind of have a, a hint to, to the entire gospel. And in fact, chapter 11 is, is smack dab in the middle. It's the middle chapter of the 21 chapters of, of John. And, and uh, I don't know if that's on purpose, but a lot of times in the ancient world and in, 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 in the biblical literature, uh, what was in the middle was the most important. And this is definitely a turning point in the Gospel of John. Uh, there is some time between uh, 11 and 12, and John doesn't really tell us exactly how much, but, but he mentions the Passover at the end of 11. And, and then 12 picks up with the week before Passover. And so John, you know, no matter how much time has passed, John wants us to connect these two events together. He wants Lazarus's story to really be the turning point in his gospel and to point us to the whole point of his gospel. Because the, the next half-ish, you know, I guess one chapter less, the next half of the gospel is about one week of Jesus's life. That's a lot. And in fact, if you took all four Gospels, uh, 25% of the Gospels are about that one week. And so John spends a little, even a little more than his other Gospel writers. And so this is a turning point. This is, this is a, a, hey, this is what I'm about. And, and so he, he picks up on Jesus' double meaning. And Jesus tells the disciples when they hear this news. And uh, I can't help but the disciples... Uh, probably had uh, a friendship with with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. It's it's quite clear as you read the Gospels that Jesus has this special relationship with them, and and uh, it's it's interesting. I, I you know uh, it, it wasn't they weren't his official disciples. Of course, they did follow him, uh, but but I, I feel like they were the people that he could go to and just enjoy their company. And, uh, and there was a special relationship. And I feel like the disciples uh, picked up on that and they knew about that. But, and, and so uh, Jesus says, this, doesn't, this illness, in verse 4, does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And he straight up tells the disciples the whole point of it all. This isn't going to lead to death. It's going to lead to my glory. And uh, I, the double meaning there is, is really kind of interesting because, you know, uh, uh, John all throughout his gospel talks about Jesus being glorified. And, and ultimately we understand that to, to have its fullest meaning in, in his death and resurrection. And so Jesus, in a sense, if, if you read into his double meaning, is saying, this doesn't lead to Lazarus' death, it's really going to lead to mine. And, of course, the disciples didn't. Realize that at the time, but John uh, figures it out later, and, and he and he shares that with us. And so, just reading on, uh, uh, I'd, I'd like to journey through this story with you and just pick up on a few points, and then at the end, we'll we'll talk about the application. But now, Jesus loved Martha. Oh, I, I read that part already. But that is our next point. Uh, uh, verses five and six is really Jesus's motivation behind this entire story. Now, some translations might say, but there instead of so. And, and uh, generally, that Greek word is translated as but, but it's, it's kind of a soft conjunction that can be translated so or yet. And, and in this case, I think so is just a lot better to, to English ears. Um, 
because it's not meant to contrast with the previous statement. You know, if you say, now Jesus loved Mary, uh, Martha and her sister and Lazarus, but in, in, in English ears, we hear the next thing you're about to hear is the opposite of what was just said. But we know that's not true. And in fact, it's because of Jesus's love that he waits two more days. And, and so uh, when he gets there, it's been four days. So it took two days for the news uh, to get to them. And so uh, it's because of his love that this entire event happened. And, and we'll, we'll look at that as, as we journey through. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he is in the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the light, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. And I don't know if this is meant to be funny, but, but it's kind of funny to me. And I, I, don't, I don't begrudge uh, uh, the disciples uh, at all thinking that I'm smarter than them because I feel like if, if I had been there, I would have been just as dense. I would have put my, mouth in my, uh, my foot in my mouth just as often. And, and, uh, but but they, uh, they go, well, then why don't, why, why don't you just wake him up, Jesus? You know, or he'll wake up on his own. And uh, uh, the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of, of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest to, in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake, I am glad that, he, uh, that I was not there, um, and that your, you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go, that we may die with him. So, uh, you know, we give Thomas, uh, he, he, he got a new nickname uh, in history, Doubting Thomas. But his nickname at the time was the twin, so obviously he was a twin, and, uh, which is an interesting fact. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I think Thomas uh, was a little, uh, you know, stubborn. <laughs> I won't believe until I see but, but uh, you know, just to, for Thomas's sake, Jesus did warn them, you know, if someone comes and tells you that, that the Messiah has come in my name, don't believe them. So, you know, uh, Thomas may have just been really uh, uh, following that to, his, uh, to an extreme. Um, but uh, uh, here, uh, Thomas is basically, you know, the disciples said, do you really want to go to Judea? Do you really want to risk your life? They tried to kill you. And, and, uh, and then they totally missed the whole point that Lazarus was dead. And then finally Thomas is like, well, we'll just go to Judea too. You know, Jesus is going to die. Uh, we might as well die too. And that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good loyalty right there. So I, I, feel, I feel like we should have a bigger picture of Thomas than just calling him Doubting Thomas. But uh, this sets up the stage because they kind of, the disciples didn't, didn't get it either. They're, they're focused on the here and now and the events. And, and, and Jesus is, is revealing that I am the Lord of life. I am in control of things. I know what's going on. And this thing isn't going to catch me off guard. And, and, and the, the Jews aren't going to uh, stone me before I'm ready. 
And it's all because of love. And, and our next section is, is Martha. And, and I, I know, uh, or I hope that you know the story of Mary and Martha elsewhere. Uh, uh, they're interwoven there. And there's a story of Mary and Martha. And, and Martha's out there getting everything ready. And, and Mary's just enjoying uh, Jesus' company. And Martha complains. And Jesus rebukes Martha and says, uh, Martha, uh, Mary has chosen what is better. And I really like that, because what Martha was doing was good, but what Mary was doing was better. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that I'm a Mary, but I'm really a Martha. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, but uh, Mary inspires me, because, and, and John is also pictured as one who, who often reclined at Jesus' feet. They inspire me. And, and uh, just because maybe I'm naturally more like a, a Martha, I can, be, I can choose to recline at Jesus' feet. And that's what Jesus is encouraging us all to do. And so here we have Martha is, is out there. She's probably still getting things ready. And Mary's so distraught that she's just in the house. And so Martha meets him first. And, and Martha is the one who's given this powerful I am statement that is the point of the whole story. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained uh, seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Just a a powerful statement of Martha's faith in Jesus. And uh, if you had been here, I know my brother would not have died. True. Very true. And and he said as much uh, to to the disciples. I'm glad I wasn't there (laughs) so that you can see something greater. And uh, I don't think she has an accusatory tone. Uh, later, we're going to hear the crowd. Uh, I think their, their uh, statement was a, a bit more ac- of an accusation. But hers is just uh, more of a, I wish you had been here. Because I know if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. Not a, man, if you had been here. It, it wasn't an accusation. It, it was just kind of a wishful hope that... I know that you were off somewhere else, and I wish you had been here. But I know that, that, that you're going to take care of things. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And just stop there. Uh, another statement of faith. And... and but she's, she's got her focus in the wrong place. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. I am the resurrection and the life. And I, I just want to stop here and, 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 and point this out. 
that she, her focus was off, and, and, and yet her faith was true. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that because we don't have to be perfect. We don't, our faith doesn't even have to be perfect. It just has to be given to God. You know, God could be so picky and be like, oh, she didn't, she didn't fully get it. I'm not going to help her out. But God loves us. And that's the point of the story. And, and even, you know, that's why uh, uh, the faith of a child can have true faith in, in our God. They don't have to be able to, to, to work out the doctrine and, and, and explain the Trinity in three points uh, with, with, you know, 15 billion subpoints. They just have to trust God as their Lord and Savior. And that's what all of us do. And that's what she is doing. And so she gets this powerful statement, and we'll come back to it again in the application. Uh, but then we, we have Mary. And when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, uh, uh, staying in private, or saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but still was still in the place where, where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, uh, counseling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go off, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Again, just like her sister, I don't think it was an accusation, just a statement of fact. I wish you had been here. I know it would have, wouldn't have gone this way. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. I want to stop here because I think we should always stop here. You know, uh, 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 seminary students and theologians alike uh, like to joke. Uh, the, the chapters and verses were added in the Middle Ages uh, just to help things. And uh, the joke is, whoever it was, because we don't know who it was, it might have even been a team of people, whoever it was, was in a carriage at the time and, and hit a bump and be like, oh, okay, I guess the verse goes right there. Um, and, and that's the running joke among uh, students. But uh, they did do a good, pretty good job. Sometimes you're like, why is it there? But other times, it's perfect. And this, this, this is perfect. Just this, the shortest verse in the New Testament. There's shorter verses in Greek that are one word, but they're translated to many words in English. But this is the shortest English verse in the New Testament. And, and we can miss it. Because we need to stop and ask ourselves, why, why did he weep? He knew this was going to happen. You know, and, and, except, except, and I ask myself, you know, why did he weep? And, and kind of my introduction is uh, uh, of, of stories you love. They still move you. Well, our God loves us. And, and he wept because of, because of his children. 
He knew exactly what was going to happen. I've seen tons of stories where I could see where the plot was going, and, you know, and I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's good. Yep, saw that coming. But he knew it was coming, and he still wept because he saw the pain in his children. And, and I wonder if, if it was kind of twofold, the, the pain that they were experiencing now, and he's empathizing with them, and also the pain because this was not the plan. This is, sin was not supposed to be here. This is the result, and this is why I've come to deal with this mess. And we see the fullness of his deity and his humanity all in two words. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? They get it too. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? I don't really get that, to be honest. You can cure blindness, so therefore you must be able to resurrect people? I don't get this, but this, is, this, is, this statement is, is accusatory. They're like, What's, what, what gives, Jesus? And, and uh, I, I don't get it either, but again, they're right. If he had been here, it could have happened. And what we need to be asking and what they should be asking is, why not? Only the disciples at this point know that he intentionally waited two more days, but I'm sure it was spread among the believers as we have it here in this word. Uh, much later. And then finally we have uh, the resurrection of Lazarus. We won't cover the, the after the resurrection, um, them plotting to kill Jesus, um, but most of the story. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will have been... there." will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you uh, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up uh, him lifted up his eye and said, Father, I thank you that that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his head and feet bound with linen strips and his his face wrapped with uh, a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. There's a lot of good songs about this, and, it, and it's so powerful. And I, I've, I've heard a pastor that humorously said, if, if Jesus hadn't said the word Lazarus, then all the dead would have raised up. Um, and, and, and it is a little humorous, because we know that's, that God has that power. We know that he could raise everyone at once at that time. But, but it's also a bit disrespectful to think that God can't control his own power. Um, and so I, I, I'm sorry if I tricked you into chuckling. Um, but uh, uh, this is the whole point of why he waited, so that they could know him in a deeper and a greater level, so that he could begin to shape where their focus was from the here and now to the eternity, from, from the tragedy of their brother to the glory of Jesus. And, and, and he's going to keep doing that. 
Uh, I ask myself in the next chapter, why does he come in in the way they expected in the triumphal entry? To get their attention, to let them know, I'm about to do something that's amazing and you need to be watching. And that's exactly what he's doing here. And so as we come to the application, uh, I really just have, have two points of application. And, and, and the main point of this story is real easy to spot because Jesus himself says, I am the resurrection and the life. And so I have a little nuance on it, though, today. And, and as, as I, I had several weeks to prepare for this and I, I felt uh, God leading me to this passage, I, I began praying that God would make that statement more meaningful, more impactful, more real in my life. And I got to be honest with you, it, it didn't happen for a long time. I just kept praying, Lord, help this to be more real in my life. I knew it was true. I believed in it. And, and yet, uh, amazingly, just like Martha, my focus was totally off. I was, I was like, you know, maybe I'll have this emotional moment. Maybe my feelings will change. Or, or, or maybe, uh, you know, I've been praying about my eyes a lot. Maybe the Lord will miraculously heal me just like he miraculously raised Lazarus from the dead or, 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 or something else. And, and I was looking for an event to happen and I was looking for a feeling to happen and, 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 on the way here this morning, I got it. And it did hit me. And I did, ironically, have an emotional event. <laughs> but just like, like Martha's focus, I wanted, I wanted an event. I wanted a feeling. And, and Jesus was saying, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Look to me. And it's not some future pie-in-the-sky thing, although your faith in me will result in, in eternity with me. But it's me. Jesus is the resurrection in the life. Not some event, not some miracle, not some emotional encounter. Jesus. If you want the scriptures as, uh, in general, and this scripture specifically, to be more meaningful, impactful, and for your life, then turn to Jesus. Put faith in Him if you've never done that before. And then the Scriptures will have meaning and impact for your life. And then one day, though you die, yet will you live. And if you live and believe in Christ, you will live forever. That is the promise. And so Jesus is the resurrection and the life today, right now. And he wants to spend time with you. And just like he tried to teach uh, Martha before, uh, and, and he's treating me before, it's him. Not some event, not some encounter, not some miracle. It's Jesus, his very self, and the relationship with him. And we can have that each and every day. He can be our resurrection and our life uh, on our drive to work. Uh, he can be the resurrection in our life, in, in our, our relationships uh, with family and friends. Uh, maybe uh, you have a family or you yourself have been diagnosed with cancer. He is the resurrection in the life and he wants to spend time with you. He wants to comfort you. He does everything because he loves us. And when we are looking for a particular outcome in our life, we lose focus. And our focus should be Jesus himself. 
Our focus should be spending time with Him in the Word, spending time with Him in prayer, spending time with Him with our brothers and sisters in Christ, encouraging one another to do the same, because that will have real meaning. That will have real impact. And ironically, you may even have an emotional encounter. And of course, the second point, that is the main point, but the second point woven all throughout this story is that if life does not go your way or the way you would expect or want, and while it may not feel like it at the time, and this is a hard point, God has something better planned. And it may take years, and we may not fully understand all the impact of it until we're with Him in eternity, but I know that to be true. He had something better planned for Mary and Martha and his disciples. He wanted him to know him, to draw him closer to himself, to reveal himself more, and out of his holiness and goodness and love, he does everything. You know, I had a, a, a man who discipled me a little and and I'm thankful for, for what we're doing here in the church. And, and, and that's part of what Jesus calls us to do, to be his disciples and to help make other disciples. Who You help them make other disciples. And a, a man who discipled me, uh, you know, I, I'm not good at doing this for other people. But I guess it works well on me because he's like, tell me, uh, tell me how many years uh, Joseph was from the time he was thrown into the pit to the time he was raised as second in command in Egypt. And I, I was like, well, just tell me. And he's like, nope, nope, you got to go look it up yourself. And, and, and it's, it's in there. You read the story of Joseph, uh, uh, Joseph, and it's in two different places, and you have to do the math. So it's not, like, obvious either. But it's in there. And... Uh, I, I might do the same thing, but it'll ruin my point. So it's 13 years. 13 years. He was 17 when he was thrown in the pit. And he was 30 when he was raised up. That's painful. And I, I recently, uh, the statement when, when Paul becomes a Christian, and he was Saul at the time, and Ananias is a little, little concerned about what God is asking him to do. And God says of Saul, I will show him how much he will suffer for my namesake. And in my human fleshly state, I always thought that was, I'm going to get him. I'm going to make him pay for what he did to my church. But I've come to realize that, that that's really just a loving call. That Paul was able to know God in such a rich and powerful way through suffering. And God wants to draw his children in through pain and suffering and sometimes through goodness. Uh, most people come to know the Lord through trial. That's, uh, they've done studies on that. And, and it's, it's our trials that show us our need. It's, it's our, our, our anguish and our, and, and our despair that, that we finally reach out and ask the questions we should have been asking all along. And it's because God loves us. And three times Paul cries out for something to be taken away. And Jesus' answer, my grace is sufficient. My strength, uh, I butchered it. My grace is sufficient uh, uh, in your weakness. And so our second point is this. You might be going through something right now. 
And uh, I don't pretend to think that I can explain it or even understand it. I hope I can empathize with it. But I know that God has, has something better planned than maybe what you think or what you want. And the point is to turn to him, to cry out, to shift our focus to, to Jesus. And maybe you've never done that today. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, to forgive your sins and put your faith in him. Uh, that's kind of a quick, brief summary of, of, of becoming a Christian, of trusting Jesus. Maybe you've never done that today. Jesus can be your Lord, loving Lord of, of life and resurrection. And if you'd like to talk to me or Pastor Danny or, or, or maybe you came with a friend, uh, we want to talk to you about it. We want to share with you uh, how you can do that. There's no magic formula, and it's really easy. You just you ask Jesus to, to forgive you. You ask him to be your Lord and Savior, and, and you put your faith in him. But we can definitely talk about that more. And uh, I'll, be, I'll be waiting up here after the service uh, if you want to talk to me. But for those of us who have done that, we can totally lose our focus. And, and, and I just want to encourage us that Jesus can have real, meaningful, impactful uh, power in our lives of each and every day, of each and every moment, if, if we will just turn to him. And that's what this story speaks to us, uh, who have already trusted him as Lord and Savior. And, and that's why we need to be reminded at, at more than, than, than funerals. Of course we need to hear that at funerals. We're in pain, we're in grief, and, and we need to know that God cares about us and, and, and that he's carrying us through that. But he cares about us all the time, and he's carrying us through everything. And I find that, that, that what I do and what I say uh, matters less and less each and every day. We need to turn to Jesus. Let's pray.